1: we're back with another episode in our fun new series what I would tell a younger me if I could go back and talk to that poor stressed out little thing (laughs) today's episode is about comparison the comparison trap that the younger me sort of got wrapped up in
0: yeah and generally our our um theme of these episodes is that I would just go back and hug her. (laughs) (laughs) So if you need permission to just give yourself a big hug and say everything is going to be okay, that's what these episodes are for. And if you haven't caught the other ones, go back and catch them. We've got a couple of great ones, especially the one about messy houses. That is one that everyone needs to listen to, especially if you're in a younger phase of motherhood and just really stressing out over how messy your house is. We've all been there. Um, So I wanted to share just something a little bit humorous, um, kind of falls in the comparison trap issue. And that is, um, the reaction I get sometimes when I tell people that I have a large family. So (laughs) I think we've talked about this before. I I generally try not to offer the information if I don't have time for the shock and awe that comes (laughs) afterwards, like at the grocery store. Oh, is this your only kid? Yep. Sure. uh Uh-huh. And I keep going because I just don't have time to like, you know, field all the (gasps) kind of thing. Um, but very often when it does come out, I get this line. Wow. You look really good for having 10 kids. (laughs) and i know they mean well but in my mind all i hear is you could be a lot fatter but you're only like middle of the road <laughs> and i know that's just me like comparing myself with an earlier me with a younger me i mean i'm older i do have had all these kids or whatever but it i i kind of always think gee you could have just stopped with you look good <laughs> I'm pretty sure anything under, like, 400 pounds is good for 10 kids.
1: I know. I I get that all the time, too. Like, wow, you look great. Or you don't have very many gray hairs for having nine kids. I'm like, point them out, would you? Okay, thanks.
0: I was going to say, we probably, yeah, unless we look like we were hit by a Mack truck, I guess (laughs) we look good for (laughs) the amount of children we have. Oh,
1: well. I I know people are well-meaning, but they're not, like, yeah. Thinking yep. that statement all the way through before they say it. <laughs> uh, all right. So today we're going to talk about um, the comparison trap. And basically, you could listen to this lesson, in this episode in two words and take the lesson just don't. All right. That's it for today's episode. No, just kidding. <laughs> week. Uh, But we actually want to share more than saying uh, just don't do that. We have some maybe some tips and some ideas and some things more to say about why not to compare. Um, So we're gonna talk to our younger selves in this episode about that old comparison trap.
0: Yeah. We actually decided to break it into four main areas and that is comparing ourselves to other women or men or moms or whoever you are. Um, which I think is probably the most common and what we think about the most often when we think about comparison, but there are a couple other areas we want to touch on as well. One is the second one is comparing our children to other children. The third is comparing our spouse to other spouses. Um, sorry. And then the fourth area is what to do when others want to play that game, right? Start, um, Having this unsolicited conversation with a lot of comparison in there, what we can do in those situations?
1: Yeah. How early did your kid walk? Oh, well, mine walked it.
0: <laughs> How to get out of those conversations? Yeah, you just say "nanya," "nanya business," <laughs>
1: but politely. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. So let's start with comparing ourselves to other other moms, other women, other other ladies. All right don't just don't do it. <laughs> like, here's the thought behind it. Like, what is our, what is our reason? Why, why are we going to compare ourselves to others? Is it to try to beat ourselves up and feel bad or like the other extreme is to be like, um, oh my goodness, at least I'm not like her, you know, like women probably look at us and us say, oh my goodness, at least I don't have nine or 10 kids.
0: <laughs> That's okay. You can do that if you need to. <laughs> we'll, we'll be it. there for you. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Um, I don't think that a lot of it is conscious. You know, when we find ourselves comparing and we are realizing all the negative emotions that are coming up because of it, then we start to finally do something about it, tell ourselves, oh, this has to stop or, oh, this isn't helping me at all. But a lot of it is just subconscious. And a lot of it is because of the so- the society that we live in right now, filled with social media and highlight reels and everybody's posting pictures of vacations because I don't post pictures of my house when it's destroyed. But I do post pictures of when I take my kids to the beach or to the zoo or when I look like a good mom because we're having a great time having ice cream together. That's just the, the digital age we live in, the, these, the age of highlight reels, right? And so it's so easy to sit around and look at your frumpy self and your disgusting house and compare it to pictures of Hawaii that keep popping up on your stupid Facebook feed and thinking that I'm a failure and nothing, nothing in my life is great. Um, an important thing to realize here is that no one is a robot. Everyone has very high highs and very low lows. And when you compare your, someone else's very highs with your very lows, you will come at a loser 10 out of 10 times, right? And so it's time to flip that script. First of all, maybe get off the social media or give yourself a break. If you found yourself in this kind of toilet bowl swirl of competition and comparison, it's time to just take a break and or unfollow people that are making you feel that way. Toilet bowl swirl. That is such a good analogy for this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe unfollow the people that are making you feel that way or take a break from social media Um, or sit down and start making a list of all your high highs. Make a list of all the great vacations you've been on, of all the things that you've been able to do with your children, of your own strengths, right? You are absolutely the best mom for your children, but sometimes you need to remind yourself of those things because you keep seeing all these other things that you are not that you wish you were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not authentic to you, it's not like the best fit for your kids. Yeah. Right. I know this one is really, really difficult when you're young or you're a first-time mom or you're, you know, that younger me that we're talking to because we don't know if we're doing it right. We haven't seen, like, we don't have any teenage kids or older kids or grown, you know, adult kids. We haven't seen the results of what we're doing, yeah. parenting our kids. And so it is, it is easy to look around and say, oh, my goodness, their kids seem so much better than me. maybe I'm doing it wrong or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, I, I get it. I mean, it's, it's hard. You know, you look around and you're like, am I doing this right? That is such a huge um, self doubt question that, that, you know, we do. Um, now, I do want to change tack here a little bit and say there is an appropriate time to compare yourself to other women and other moms. And that is if you are in the mental space of trying to improve yourself. So you find maybe an older woman that you really love the way her kids turned out and you really respect, um, you know, the, the way that she is as a person. That's a good, good time to compare. Not so that you can beat yourself up and tell yourself you're such a horrible mother, but that, but because you are the only person you can control, you can look for ways to change yourself by comparing yourself to someone maybe even maybe don't know someone like that so maybe you can find a figure in the bible or in scripture or somewhere somebody you can compare yourself to and you can say yeah I'm going to make a little tiny adjustment here because I like the results of this kind of thing that I see in the other person so we're not going to say this for the other the other three subjects that we're going to go through um, you know places to compare and not to compare but here it's actually okay if your motive behind it is that you want to make an adjustment and become a
0: better person. I am really grateful you brought that part up because we do want to improve, right? That's what life is about. It's about progression and improving and, and becoming a better version of yourself. Um, I have an example I can think of when in my early years when I met a mom that was just really inspiring to me. I will I will say this, though. If you are prone to negative comparison, maybe you you shift it into thinking not of comparing yourself, but of with this other woman, but of comparing your current self to your future self, sure. right? You sure. just say, I want to be like this woman. Yeah. So we go back to Audrey's 20 year vision, right? In 20 years, I want to look like this woman in my community or in the Bible or whoever you have created to be kind of your mentor or mom. And what is different about me now that that woman will have, that future me will have, and how can I improve that? Um, but if you're able to do so in a positive way, you could even take this woman out to lunch with someone in real life and just say, "I so admire how you've raised your kids, how you've um, stayed healthy, how you've um, been able to keep a clean house. Would you enlighten me? Would you help me and inspire me?" And I bet she would be crazy flattered yeah. <laughs> and and give you all her tips, right? And so I love love that idea. There's nothing wrong with progression wanting to be better as long as it's not taking you into the toilet bowl. We're going to keep coming back to that one. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay. So the second area that we want to just stop doing is comparing our children to other children. And what are we going to say about this one, Audrey? Just don't. Don't Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Here's the thing. Every single
1: kid is different and unique, special. Exactly who they were meant to be. And that's a hard thing to say because we're all like working with our kids. I mean, if you listen to our recent episode on bad habits, we're like, "Uh, yeah, my kids are not who I want them to be. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But this is, we're going to talk about this in the context of comparing your kids to other kids. And um, so you see, you know, that I, I guess when you get to, Later, me, (laughs) we can tell younger me that even in your own family, if you have a kid that walks at six months and is so verbal and is amazing, guaranteed you're going to have another kid that doesn't walk till they're a year and a half and doesn't have but two words until they're three. Okay. It just is every kid is unique and different. And the second kid that isn't as verbal and mobile has some really amazing other things that you're going to find and treasure and value that your first kid didn't have because. Every single kid is different and unique and, and that's a gift. And I get, I think what I'm trying to say is when we compare them to somebody else, we're trying to, we're not acknowledging the gifts that they have. And we're trying to Mm -hmm. maybe wish they had a different gift.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's like I said before, um, we're actually comparing one child's highlight reel with another one's low light reel. And that's not fair to anyone. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up because very often we think about comparing kids in our family with maybe other kids at the park or our neighbor's kids or cousins or whatever. But very often a lot of that comparison happens in our own homes. If you have more than one child. Right. And that can be really frustrating for mom and the children. They acknowledge what is being said about them. And and maybe you're not even saying it vocally, but you're treating kids a little bit differently. Um, They know what's going on and it's harmful. Right. So the best thing we can do is to look for the strengths in each child it's interesting that you brought up that example, Audrey, because I actually have two children in particular, where one was just blowing all the milestones out of the water, <laughs> you know, seemed to be just exceptional in every way. And another one who did the exact opposite was like at the tail end of every milestone marker, like we're watching to make sure this child actually <laughs> hit the bare minimum before we went and got some medical you know, intervention. And yet now that they're older, what's interesting is the, the one who was slower is significantly better at um nurturing for example than the other one. She's very good with babies. She's very good at um you know helping those who are in need and the other one not so much. So it, I am so grateful for the opportunity to step back and just look, wow, look at what she is able to do. Look at what this one is able to do and to really value your children for their strengths and help them through their weaknesses because we all have strengths and weaknesses for different reasons, right? To to work something in ourselves and in our families yes
1: that is so true so on this podcast one thing we talk about a common thread that runs through a lot of our episodes is getting to know our child and like their learning style or their personality type or their love language that kind of thing because maybe we're talking to our younger me in all those episodes that that they're really special for who they are and we can't expect them to be like oh especially one of our recent episodes on The birth order, right? Just the difference between the oldest child versus the youngest child. I saw this funny reel. We'll try to link it here in our show notes um, by TJ Terry. And I just love to watch his birth order reels. And it's about tying their shoes. So the oldest, you know, he ties his shoes and it's beautiful. And he gets up and goes out to play. And the middle one, you know, he slides through and ends up going out of the frame with one shoe off and one shoe on, you know, like doesn't even matter. The youngest child sits down, calls, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And the mom comes and ties the shoes, right? So (laughs) maybe the youngest could tie their shoe at the same, you know, early age. They just had mom do it for them all the time Mm -hmm. or older sibling or whatever. Oh, there's just so many factors about what makes a kid who they are. And so comparing within and outside of the family is just, it's, it's just not doing helping anybody. (laughs)
0: Well, and think about that example for a minute. So what is each child learning in that in that silly example of just tying shoes? Well, the oldest learns to be very competent and independent. The middle learns to accept B plus work, which is also a great talent. <laughs> and, this, and the youngest one develops patience and the ability to ask for help, which I guarantee the oldest one does not know how to do. <laughs> so uh, it's so easy for us to fall into these ruts of, well, clearly the oldest is doing it the right way. Well, is he? Or is he just doing it the way that he has learned? is best and easiest for him. Whereas the other ones are learning the best and easiest ways for them. So, so interesting. Yeah.
1: All right. We're going to move into the third area, comparing your spouse and then kind of peripheral comparing your mother-in-law or your mom or your grandma or your family member or any other adult. And once again, here, we're just going to say, stop. (laughs)
0: Oh, this is so easy to do. And I think that most of us have probably have the most experience doing it with our spouse because we are the most intimate and close with this person, right? We, we see everything they do. We could recognize how they brush their teeth from, you know, just an audio of it because we've heard it so many times. We know so much about them, which means that uh, we are probably tempted to want to change some things about them, right? Oh, I wish he or she would not do this. Oh, I wish he or she would kind of be like this. And maybe we're not correct directly comparing them to another person um, that we know, but but we're kind of nitpicking and and wishing that they would change in one way or another because we know somebody else's spouse probably doesn't do that. That's ridiculous. (laughs) I don't know why you do that. (laughs) But there's really only one thing that comes out of this comparing of our spouse specifically, and that's a damage to the relationship because we cannot control anyone but ourselves. And I don't know why we keep thinking that we can in some way, if we would just communicate properly, then they would change and do things our way or the way we think that they should be done. But in the end, there is so much that we can learn by coming to accept and honor the person that our spouse is with no changes, just exactly the way they are, even as annoying and frustrating as they can be. Um, and, And what is that going to teach us as we come to accept them for the way they are? That's pretty powerful stuff.
1: Yeah. If you want to damage to your relationship, just compare your husband to his father or your wife to their mother. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like your parent. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) But let's talk about some of these other relationships, um, too. So let's say you wish that your mother was more of a grandmother like so-and-so's mom is to her grandkids. Well, That's not what you have. (laughs) So making that comparison or making that wish just really isn't going to help your thoughts and your feelings and your words and your actions toward Mm -hmm. this other person. It's just not going to help the relationship. And then, you know, looking, we kind of want to look at the other extreme too. So you can look at your mother-in-law, you can say, well, she's not this, but at least she's not, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's just another part of the, another side of the toilet bowl swirl. Like just... Just let her be who she is and look for the good and and where you can find it because you can't change them for the better. Probably making the comparisons is probably going to hurt the relationship, change it for the worse or make it strange or just not, you know, come around anymore. And so um, a comparison in a healthy relationship, just stay away from the comparison aspect of it.
0: Right. I like what you're saying about how people, people really are the way they are. And, and can people change? Absolutely. But we can't change them. They have to be willing to change themselves. Right. And maybe they will, and maybe they won't. And that's up to them. We get to decide what to do with the person who shows up in our life. Right. I had a friend share this, um, analogy that I thought was so cool. And she said, sometimes we have people in our lives that are kind of like the bank and we go to the bank and we try to buy a loaf of bread from the bank, but the bank's like, we don't have that. Sorry. So you go home all disappointed and frustrated, hungry for bread. And then you go back the next day and you ask for bread again. And they're like, "Mm, still just a bank. We can help you out with some ATM, you know, withdrawal, but we can't give you. So the point is people in our lives have a role, right? And sometimes we really want our brother to be like so-and-so's brother because they can get bread at their bank. They just go in and he just gives it to them. They can get exactly what they're looking for is what I'm trying to say from this relationship. But your brother is different or your mother is different or your father is different. The the point is to get what they are good at giving and to be grateful for that. And this comes back to things we've talked about multiple times and that is meeting your your own needs. If you keep coming to someone in your family looking to fulfill a need that is not being met in your life and they can't fill it, you're going to be frustrated and want something different from them. So it's time for you to have your own back and figure out how to fulfill your own need and then go to that relationship for what that relationship can give you. And you'll be so much more satisfied and happy and not constantly comparing to somebody else.
1: Yeah, that is so true. So like um, one, one thing that we might expect of say our spouse is that they be like in our best friend. We want them to be in our spouse Mm -hmm. and our best girlfriend role, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of putting our spouse in, in bondage to something that they're just not able or meant to be, <laughs> and so just just recognize in yourself when maybe when you're falling into a comparison trap or looking for something in another that they're not, and just just move on to looking for the good in somebody else and move away from the the comparison part.
0: Right, right. There's nothing wrong with your husband if he doesn't want to sit around and watch chick flicks with you and like rehash all the gossip <laughs> you about the Kardashians or whatever. <laughs> every spouse has their strengths and, and take them for what they are. Right. Okay. So the fourth section we want to talk about in comparison is, um, when others decide to play that comparison game and guess what you get to choose not to, you can just say, Oh, thank you. I'm not interested in playing that game <laughs> and move along with your life. <laughs> Oh
1: yes, talking to the younger me, I did have, um, specifically one person in my life that always, every time we met, oh, we had we had a couple kids close to the same age. Oh, how is you know is your child doing this? Oh, well, my child's doing this. You know, is your is your kid? You know, how tall are they now? Oh, my kid's taller than your kid right now. You know, and <laughs> and just just kind of like a like a. Comp- competition thing, which my husband, you know, I'd kind of get upset. I'd, I'd do these conversations and I'd come home and I'd become get upset. And he, w- he would say to me, he'd say, Audrey, can you control how tall your child is? I'm like, um, no. <laughs> well, can they control how tall their child is? Uh, actually, no. Well, then why are you getting upset? Why, why are you even comparing? Why are you playing this game? Neither one of you can control how, child, how tall your child is. Yeah. So let it go. Talk about something else. And if they won't, then just just maybe don't spend as much time around that
0: person. Right. I love that. It's kind of like calling a friend across town being like, do you have clouds over your house? Because we do. We have more shade than you do. Like, what the? Who cares? <laughs> what would he do? And tomorrow it will we'll be different. I remember with my oldest thinking that he, he was in like the 90th percentile for height for like the first year of his life. And I remember thinking, Oh, we're going to have a basketball star. Well, I'm five, 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 And his dad is five ten. We are not going to have a basketball <laughs> star, but in my mind, my 90th percentile height child was going to be the tallest kid on the planet. That's just not yes. how it works generally. But I was just so excited, you know, yes. kids go and, through and phases, t- things change. Yeah. Oh, that's
1: so funny because on the other end of it, my son who ended up at six, nine was kind of slow in his younger years to grow, like, like it was just his growth pattern. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, he actually had some peers that kind of picked on him for being a littlest in the short. And one day my husband said to two of these boys who were particularly bad at it, um, he said, uh, boys, have you ever noticed how tall your friend's mom and dad are? And they were like, they, you know their eyes are looking around. And have you ever noticed how tall your mom and dad are? And they're looking around. And he said, "You know, probably he's going to be a lot bigger than you someday. So you should be really nice to him." <laughs> I know. And the, what's so funny about that story is that the those the all three of those guys are grown men now, and they come back and they relay that husband back to my that story back to my husband. They say, do you remember when you told us that story about how much taller he was going to be than us? They said, you forgot to tell us how much t- taller he we was going to be We didn't know it was going to be, be a full us. foot. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have been so much nicer. <laughs> That's so
0: great. Yeah, but it ain't over till the fat lady sings, right? Nobody oh. knows what the final score count is going to be on the height and the weight and everything else. But in the end, it doesn't matter, right? It's so easy for these people to... To kind of play into this game and for us to get offended or upset or or our feelings hurt because somebody says something about our kid. It doesn't really matter. So we have a couple of tips for um, eluding these kinds of people and/or just changing the subject. Um, one of them is to turn it into just some sort of humor, some sort of humorous anecdote, right? So you can say something like, Well, you know, if the person says, Well, you know, my son is at the top of the growth chart and it doesn't look like yours is growing very fast, you say, Yeah, I'm going to expect um, all these play dates be paid back in cash when your kid becomes an NBA star. Okay. You know, just ha ha ha. (laughs) Makes everybody laugh, changes the subject. Let's move on. Right. Go ahead and be a little self deprecating if you need to, to just get the person to laugh and shut up. (laughs) You can also like go more of a guilt trip route and just say, Oh, you know what? We've decided we don't make comments about people's bodies. So I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay. Next subject. (laughs) Um, You get to choose kind of the, the, the mood you want to set the tone you want to set. Maybe it depends on how many times this person has tried to compare before. If it's the first time, give them a pass, right? If it's the third or fourth, you just say, we're not going to talk about that and moving on, right? You That is entirely within your right to say, I don't really want to talk about this. Do you have anything else to talk about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you can't deflect another person, one thing that I've... Um, fallen back on to say is, you know what, I'm just choosing not to compare because I've found it healthier for me, my kid, my spouse, my relationship. Like, you know, a lot of women, they kind of want to gossip about their husbands or something. You say, you know what, I'm just choosing not to compare because that is a healthier space for me to be in. And just like complete honesty, but also, you know, a little bit of that maybe guidance for them as Mm -hmm. well. Um, you know what, it's just really not a very healthy thing to do to sit around and compare. Yeah. Where it gets a little bit trickier is when your kids compare themselves to their other kids. Oh, my goodness. I'm not as tall as so-and-so was at their age because, you know, whatever. So i must going to be the short, the shrimp. I'm going to be the shrimp of the family because I'm not as tall as all my siblings were at that age. And so that's a little harder because it it is a topic that comes up a lot with kids. In our house, it's height because we're also gum tall around here. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, who's going to be the tallest of our family when we're all grown. And we always try to turn that into more of a, of a fun game thing. Like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if the youngest one ended up being the tallest, you know, just kind of that kind of thing, because it really can be, you know, kids can start hurting each other. Well, I'm better than you because I was taller than you when I, when I was 10 years old and you're 10 and you're not as tall, you know, and then that kind of thing can affect them for life. Like they can kind of have this resentment thing. So it it is a little bit of a trickier thing to handle when it's your own kids comparing themselves to their siblings. Oh, you know, even at teenagers, my sister got a higher score on the SAT than I did. So I must be stupid. Well, Mm -hmm. okay, all right. Mm -hmm. You know, it can go on their entire life. If you, um, if you play into the comparison and the competition game, it's just really, you know, a healthier place just to stay out of. And, and if you encourage, kids in their own unique, beautiful, special selves, then it's, you know, the comparison isn't, they're not as prone to that competition through comparison.
0: Yeah, I love that. You can be such a force for good in this area if you choose to be. And that would entail um, just shutting it down in your old your own household and making sure that no one, your children or spouse don't witness you doing the same sort of comparison, right? Whether it's within the earshot of someone else or just in the privacy of your own home. Sometimes I'm guilty of that. Um, And in the end, it's so important that we build ourselves and our family members up with the strengths that they do have, right? We can compare all day long and make ourselves feel miserable, or we can choose to hyper-focus on the amazing strengths and um talents of each of us right so if my kid decides to get upset that he's the shortest one of his age group you can just say you know what though you are the friendliest child i have ever met you can make a friend no matter where you go or just focus on something that you've seen this child um some sort of talent you've seen this child Alyssa, in the past and they can think about yeah i am good at that what else am i good at what else do i want to develop especially if it's something that they can actually change unlike their height <laughs> They can't, can't affect. Yeah. Um, and that goes the same for you too, right? If you find yourself falling into this comparison trap, step back for a second and say, it's so easy for me to compare the visible stuff, right? My messy house with her clean house. But what about the invisible stuff? You know what? I do a really good job of X, Y, Z, whatever. I, one of my strengths is this, and I'm so proud of myself for doing that. And again, keep trying to pull away from the comparison. It's very easy to be like, well, I'm better than this. You don't really yeah. want to Like you said, the opposite side of the comparison, um, because it's still comparing in the end. We just want to build ourselves up because we are incredible. Every last one of us is incredible. And if you don't think that that's true, then it's time for a self-evaluation and it's time to maybe even ask God to help you with that because you are incredible. You just need to remember and and write it down somewhere you can see. (laughs) (laughs) that
1: is a beautiful thought absolutely i know we talk a lot about self-care on this podcast um, for ourselves as moms and it is just not caring for yourself if you're comparing yourself to someone else and beating yourself up because you're not as good as them Um, that is not self-care so stop that examine your motives for comparing like are you doing this to make yourself feel better like oh my goodness her house is a dump at least mine isn't Mm -hmm. like that you know that kind of Mm -hmm. thing or are we comparing ourselves to make changes for the better like wow I really like the way um, my mother-in-law's kids turned out I'm gonna try to do this thing that she did are you looking at someone else to feel terrible oh my goodness she had more kids than me and she's skinnier than me I think I'm just doomed right like What's the point in a thought like that? What's the com- point in a comparison like that? You're just going to feel terrible. Um, if you're comparing your spouse or your mother-in-law, what, like, what, what is your motive behind that? Are you trying to force them to change? And you know, we talk all the time about how you can't change anybody else. You have to just change yourself. And so like that, that is just a really, really neat thought to, um, examine your thoughts. Like that gets, you know, that gets pretty cool thinking about your own thinking, but it does help us. Like it helps us take a step back and get out of that conversation. So even if you're, you know, with somebody in there, like doing this whole comparison thing, you can step back and say like my answer, what, what do I want my answer to do for this conversation or for this person like I I could just say oh yeah my my child was walking before your child you know or whatever that kind of thing but but how could I help this person or what could I do for this person um so like even examine the conversation or your thoughts about the whole thing because it's it's hard and it's hard to stay out of the comparison trap because and the and the competition but it's worth it and um we just encourage you to do that
0: Yeah, you know, that reminds me of um, gossiping as well, right? Gossiping is kind of like comparison comparison where we like to just kind of roll around in the mud with each other, (laughs) gossip about other people, compare our kids to other people's. But um, we probably all know at least one person who's really, really good at stopping that, right? Where you've been in a group of friends and somebody started gossiping and it all becomes kind of, you know, poisonous. And one friend will say, oh, you know what? She's just so sweet though. Let's not say that about her. And I've, I've been in those situations where I thought, wow, how inspiring that that person felt the courage to stand up and say, we're not going to gossip. And you, the same can be done about comparison, especially if it's someone compares, comparing themselves to another person in a negative light, like, Oh gee, I wish I was like so-and-so or I do. It, it can be so easy to just say, Oh my gosh, you're incredible. What are you talking about? Why would you say that about yourself and to uplift this person and and put a stop to the comparing? Sometimes it takes somebody outside of your own little head to help you do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I love that thought. That's so good to be that person that brings the good into the conversation, <laughs> uh, lifts everyone else up out of the toilet bowl to use that comparison one last time. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to talk specifically just one more thought about our kids and when they're doing this and when they're falling, um, into this trap or us and our spouse. Um, so one really practical thing that you can do is, um, get your, your kids, your family together and do something that unites you as a team or as a group. So go do something, uh, plant a garden together or, um, you know, go serve a meal to the homeless together or do something together that is like you on a team. And, um, so instead of like the competition, like a one-on-one game, It's a team and we're a team and we're working together toward a goal. And that is, you know, you mentioned, um, my 20, my, our family's 20 year vision at the beginning of this episode. And that's true. That's the whole, the whole point of our 20 year vision is to cement our family together as a team that moves forward into the future. And that is the antithesis of the comparison
0: and competition. Thanks for listening friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love
1: by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Inevitably, no matter what day and what time we podcast, my daughter calls me on her way home to see if we need anything. <laughs> well, that's nice. I know, it's so sweet, but you're like, wow, your timing is impeccable. (laughs) All right, let me start that over again because I don't know where I was.